Harry Butthole Podcast is produced in partnership with Joy Sauce. Harry Butthole. Welcome to Harry Butthole Podcast. This is a podcast based on the Korean saying, if you laugh while crying, hair grows out of your butthole. My name is Youngmi Mayer. I'm your host. I feel like every week I forget my name and I have to pause and think about what it is. And obviously, if you've been listening, you know this is a show where I invite a guest on to tell me a sad story and then we laugh, uh, hopefully laugh at the same time as cry you know, and then and, and in hopes to make, make the guest butthole hairy, or if it's already hairy, hairier. And so let's let's see if we get a. I feel like I should start doing like a did we do it or not thing at the end of every episode because I feel like we haven't been keeping track. I feel like uh fully like somebody actually in tears and laughing. It's probably happened at least two or three times. I'm gonna say so. We're, you know, it's like one out of 10 at this point that we're successful. But without further ado, I'm going to introduce the guest. This week, we have a wonderful comedian, writer, filmmaker, and the producer of the show Club Video, Whitley Watson. Hello. How's it going? Good. Also, former podcaster. Former podcaster. Yeah, that's how we met. Yeah, because I did your podcast, Explain Your Face. Mm Mm-hmm. And that was a podcast based on, uh, I was, I'm guessing every guest was biracial or mixed race or every, some were just ambiguous. Like we had Mm. some people who were one race, but consistently got asked about their race a lot. Oh, that's so interesting. Or like from places that people are not familiar with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting because I am, you know, I'm biracial and I was, I did your podcast, but it's weird because I feel like I'm, I'm. I'm the type of biracial that for most non-Koreans just read as just a Korean person. Mm -hmm. Like most people just assume I'm only Korean. They don't really even think I'm mixed except for Koreans who like just don't think I'm Korean. But so, yeah, yeah. they don't think you're Korean. Koreans don't think I'm Korean, but everyone else thinks I'm Korean. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, Yeah. I think that's pretty normal. I feel like for me, Black people know I'm black, and then other people are either know I'm black or are confused. But generally, black people recognize that I'm black. Oh, it's interesting. That's, that's yeah. great. Does, <laughs> that's, that's so great. nice. That's Wait, so doesn't nice that feel you. good? Because <laughs> yeah. I no, because I was talking to my friend who is also half Korean and half white, and she looks very not white, not Korean to me. Yeah. I can I can see my I'm like I think I look Korean I don't know what's up with Koreans but she looks super white and she's like it yeah. feels bad you know that that rejection yeah you know, but I mean yeah. it's probably also I wonder with you it's like I feel the same way where like it's not that people don't think you look Korean but they're like rejecting you for the whiteness you know what I mean because I'll have people say that to mm, me that I don't yeah. look black but then they turn around and talk about Mariah Carey and it's like that's you're full of shit you know what I mean yeah it's more of like a weird social ostracization than it is like your actual appearance you know yes that you're totally right like if I acted more quote-unquote Korean 
um, like if I carried myself, I don't know, in a more Korean way that was acceptable to them, I think, especially as women, like they would be like, oh, yeah, you're Korean. But like the fact that I feel very Americanized culturally or like white culturally. Yeah. They're like, oh, you're not like one of us. Yeah. And there's like pressure on you beyond a like monoracial person. Like if someone who was fully Korean acted the same way as you, there would they wouldn't be, I feel like, maybe different, like, immigrating to America, but, like, they wouldn't, if someone in Korea was acting the same as you, they wouldn't question their Koreanness. but because you mm-hmm. have this, like, racial thing, you're constantly being gauged for, like, how much of which thing you are. Mm. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, you constantly have to, like, prove the validity of your identity all the time in the ways that, like, other people, you know, don't have to. Like, I yeah. think about that, like, if I straighten my hair or something, like, that's people will interpret that as like passing more than if another black woman who looked different did that. And it's like, neither one is that like exactly what's going on. You know what I mean? Or what's going on. Yeah. It would be very different if you did that versus somebody that like looked not biracial did that. Yeah. But the the, like question about the intention behind it is like Mm. racialized for me. In a certain way. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. It's like, oh, what are you trying to do? You're trying to pass? You're trying to be white. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yep, like, yep. Yeah. Um, Where it's like, but in I the also, other... Yeah. yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, what were you saying? I think straightening your hair is always like an intention towards whiteness. But like when I do it, there, it's mm. not like it's taken as like malevolent or something versus like the same pressure to fit in as like yes. other people of color experience. So it's like a very weird, weird place it's, to be in. Oh God, the, all these like, all these things and conversations about biraciality are so con- like, so like difficult to discuss. Cause I know what you're saying. It, and it's like, t- to say it is like, it's so tricky to talk about it. Cause it comes with so many, like, it's like a landmine of weird things that you don't want to say, but like, it's almost like if somebody that was like, maybe was like black but they were like darker and didn't read as biracial straighten their hair it's like there's no way that anyone's gonna see you as a white person so you can do right. that and like sort of it's not you, i don't know do you think that's like yeah i mean i think I it's think, just like know. very complicated and like so complicated i think it's like a what well, the thing that's interesting about being biracial is like it's a fake thing yeah. that you now have to like navigate and it's almost impossible to navigate because it's fake Yes, because exactly. it doesn't make sense, and I love so that like, you said that. <laughs> yeah, because it's yeah, not like, real, and then you have, to, but you, but you have to like respect that other people think it's very real. Like there are people right. that like are very attached to their racial identity, and they're part of your community. And but then I think just being biracial all our lives, we're constantly like, it's almost like you know when you hear some kind of pseudoscience about like mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever read something about like some sort certain diet that's like this kind of diet and it makes you cures depression whatever and then you get really into it and then like ha- like reading about it in the middle you, it's, everything starts to like be foggy and nothing's really making sense and you're like oh this is like a pseudoscience and that's uh-huh. like how I feel when I get into these like deep discussions about race because I'm like oh this this shit isn't really real we're just all trying to like find patterns in something that's like slippery you know yeah exactly I think it's that weird thing of like it is a construct with real world effects so you have to yes. have like this double mind about it where like you recognize how it functions in reality, but you don't allow yourself to 
internalize it as actually inherent to you. Yes. It's like this social veneer and like you have to interact with it, but it also is kind of, it's like Dungeons and Dragons, but you have to recognize it. Like, Dungeons and Dragons you know I mean? is the, the, such a better example than my pseudoscience diet example. It's like, it's like, yeah, there's like so many rules. And if I hit you with the sword, then your crystals die. And you're just like, yes, yeah. okay, I understand this is important to you. But it's almost like you have to look at it. Yeah, like what you said, like the social contract with real life consequences. It's like we have to respect and look at the real life consequences and then see that they're forming the ideologies or something. It's not like the other way yeah. around or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's the real world effects are coming from ideology. They're not coming from biology or like yes. reality. Yeah, I yeah. think. And that's Wait. like such a very hard mental it's... position to take. And can I just note something? Because I feel like people who listen to this that are like Korean American or just monoracial will find, I, 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 I hear this a lot from them. They also struggle with this because they are also seen as not as Korean, mm. even though they don't have the biracial component because of their like cultural, the ways that they move or dress or something like that, you know? Yeah. And so they struggle with that, too, which is sort of like kind of goes with our theory that none of this shit is real, dude. Yeah. It's like, what does it, it expa- mean that you're Korean American? What? Like, mm-hmm. come on. You know, like, well, it's like it reminds me of like gender stuff too, or all identity is like you're kind of taking distinct things yeah. and then connecting them and then demanding they be always connected. And then when you don't have like one piece or something's different, then it like challenges the whole thing. But they're yeah. grouped kind of like your physical body is grouped with your culture is grouped with your how you like to do all these different things and then people think that like they come in sets and so if you break the set then you're like aberrant I guess you know I mean yes I'm so glad that you said that I really like how you put that it's just don't you feel like being a biracial person this has just been your entire life struggle because you're like it kind of feels like you're like you guys, this, what are we doing? This is like not real. But then everyone's like, it's very important to me. And then you're yeah. like having to be like, yes, okay, I'm sorry. You're <laughs> yes, Korean okay, I'm and sorry. I'm Korean American. Yeah. Like, you know, like it's just like, It yeah. does feel like you are kind of perpetually wrong. And I think yes. it's just because you're out, we're generally outnumbered. And so yes. it's very hard to overcome the fact that like, it's you're having a very distinct experience. Like most people, like their family is all the same race. Their community yep. might all be the same race. And the idea yeah. that that is not the case is like completely foreign to them. And so yeah. it's so easy for them to build a sense of like, well, these people are like this and everyone is an outsider. And I mm-hmm. think like, especially in the U.S., like the racial system is set up to group people. And so like you're, you truly live outside of like what is ideologically – possible for a lot of people and so like your presence creates problems for everyone else's like ideological understanding of the world and yeah it's it's a very weird situation to be in it (laughs) is very abrasive to a lot of people it's very abrasive your existence is abrasive yes your existence is abrasive and your existence is I think the thing I feel a lot is like suspect. Yep. Like you're constantly suspect. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but like a lot of the media and stuff I have taken in about biraciality, I think it's also like a lot of times connected to like marginality. Mm. Um, so like 
like the two things I remember is like I listened to a Everclear album as a kid and they have like songs about <laughs> interracial relationships and then in train spotting there was one like interracial guy mm-hmm. but those are both like things that are about like addiction also mm-hmm. and that's something that's shown up in my family and it's just this feeling of like breaking racial lines is lumped in there with like other types of like social aberration you know mm-hmm. what I mean or dysfunction mm-hmm. or like and it's mm. hard too because I think then if you have any dysfunction in your life and you're coming from like a biracial family, there's the reaction I've gotten is like that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like it makes sense that you're fucked up because yeah. you shouldn't be doing that in the first place, you know? Yeah. I have an interesting perspective because, you know, I grew up in Korea, I was born there, and their society is so homogenous. It's like, yeah. Unhur- but there were a lot of like military American and like, actually like a different race people from America that joined the military and had like biracial children with mostly like sex workers there in the old days. Like, so like in my era, like people my age and older, and I was probably at the very cusp of this era, but like everyone that was biracial were like children that were abandoned by us servicemen at the hands of like sex workers. And so, and so that, that really aligned with what you were saying, because they were already on the fringes of society. They were the children of sex workers, right? And then they're biracial. So they look fucking weird in a country Mm -hmm. that, that looks so, everyone looks exactly this. I don't know if you've been to like Korea, but like everyone looks exactly the same and they like pride themselves and everyone looking, there's only like three hairstyles at a time that are popular. There are only three yeah. outfits that everyone wear. I, 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 if you live in Korea, you know I'm not joking. Like, this is a thing. Like, you go there and they kind of like all looking alike. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, that's not, obviously, that's a huge generalization. There are people there that have fucking tattoos. But then I feel like I went there like a few months ago and then everyone just had whole sleeve tattoos. I was like, y'all just went and got the same tattoos. Yeah, that's, <laughs> like, the, that's like, like been added. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like a skin, like an avatar skin. Like they're like, which yeah. one are we going to do? <laughs> Mine is yeah. the sleeve tattoos, uh, a fucking ripped arms, tank top wearing avatar. Mm. And I'm like, yeah. there, there's this one new, look, it's a new type of Asian man that just yeah. like, showed up. It's um, like downloadable content. seriously no i i feel like that's like such a weird racist stereotype about asian people that they're like robotic (laughs) and i i hate saying it but like there's like there's like a little bit of truth in that culture but um so yeah we were like on the fringes of society but yeah it's just something that i i feel like people just don't want to fucking think about it so they they're just like yeah i think it's just very difficult to deal with because it it is like adds a lot of complication and nuance that is easier than like that is harder than like these people bad these people good or we're us and they're them you know what i mean it's like if you have to recognize that like kind of all humans are the same thing and capable of the same things and like able to like people don't want to deal with that you know yeah but you know what's so Uh, and then it's like so funny because like i know so many biracial people that like and this makes sense to me this is like true for like Korean American people that are not biracial too. They get, they get very attached to this feeling of their identity of like being Korean uh-huh. or whatever. And then that's their entire identity. And I'm like, that's nice, but you are also like, it's not like real number one. And number two, yeah. you are also half like German or something. So like, yeah. you know what I yeah, mean? Like yeah. it's just so funny. And it's like, well, it's like the weird thing too, that like yeah. uh, the added the weird added morality that like your minority side is like 
more of a moral stance to take and if you like Mm. invalidate your white side then that is like the correct thing to do and like I think that's very distinct from like acknowledging privilege I think it's a different thing to kind of get into this weird like um self-flagellating mode that I don't Mm -hmm. think is like authentically grappling with anything it's just sort of like yeah I think taking that same line of like refusing to recognize the nuance of like people being people and just trying to say, just distance yourself. Like I'm not bad racially, which is like crazy to me. I know. I'm like very much like, you know, like obviously I identify as an Asian person just because that's basically how I read to other people, but I am half white and I'm always like, dude, like my grand, like my dad's side of the family like they're german and they had like nazis and they're do you know what i mean i was like yeah like i don't know what to do with that information but like i i'm not gonna hide that and be like korea forever you know what i mean i'm like yeah 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 like that's like who that's part of my history i don't know you know but yeah it's just complicated it's just like this is like it's it's like that i feel like um it just gets like so convoluted because it's like this converse this topic isn't real, but it's like we we have to like and it's so subjective because it's so based mm-hmm. on people's emotions and, and how they relative. feel about identity. Yeah, yeah. And so it's You're, it's so yeah. yeah. It's always emotionally charged. I feel like. Mm-hmm. <sighs> anyway, yeah. well, here we are. Whether they like it or yeah. not, we're here. Mm-hmm. I was gonna share a sad story, but this is like probably mostly just funny. Oh, this is actually along the lines of what we're talking about. And this isn't really even a sad story, but it's, oh, this is, this is going to fit really well. I feel like, I don't know what, can I ask you a question? What kind of person do you date racially? I have like mostly dated white guys. I've been on dates with different guys, but all of my like major relationships have been with white guys. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I'm just yeah. kidding. I, <laughs> I, there's zero judgment because I feel like I had this conversation with another guest that was on here who's also biracial and she was talking about, it's like, who, who am I allowed to date? Like people have weird yeah. feelings. They're like, well, yeah, I can't believe you're dating these kind of guys. And she's like, what? And she was talking about how, well, she's like half Japanese and half white and she mostly dates black men. And she was like, mm-hmm. and people are, she's like, and just go I, out of the, out of the loop. <laughs> yeah. Just do whatever. Cause you know what? They're yeah. going to judge you anyway. So just right, do. Yeah. Well, like not having to deal with the like dating an Asian guy versus dating a white guy. Just go yeah. out of the. <laughs> just go left. Go yeah, left. Yeah. Go left. Um, but she was like, you know, in public, I read very much as like, I can read as a white woman. And she's like, now I'm grappling with this whole thing where I'm viewed as like a white woman and a black man couple. And she's like, Mm -hmm. people have all these feelings about that. And she's like, I want to be respectful of people's feelings about that. And I was like, damn, it's always hard. What's that? Like, what are, what now? Like, it's hard because I feel like part of me is like, everyone needs to like fuck off and the judgments that they give to people. And then there's, then there's like weird internet groups of like psychotic people that should be like, you know what I mean? That people are like fetishists and it's like a minefield of like, you know, there are weird fetishists that ruin everything for everybody. Cause I think they're also just genuine couples that everyone needs to like leave alone. Um, For me, like, I feel like I've tried to think about it, but I've tried to just be with people that I like and I'm around. It doesn't feel like it's a, 
like I wouldn't say that that is my preference mm-hmm. in any way, but that is just like how it's happened. And I definitely feel some amount of like weirdness about it. You know yeah. what I mean? Of like, what is that coming from subconsciously or something? But then I'm like, I, I don't have time to like <laughs> deal mm. with. I don't know what it also feels weird to like seek out people specifically of other races to like, quote unquote, experience them. You know what I mean? Like that Mm -hmm. feels odd also. So I don't really know how you deal with it as like an individual person. Um, Yeah, because you're saying, you know, for the most part, the people that you have dated have happened to be white, but you've you weren't like doing any. It was just like people that interacted with you or came into your life and yeah yeah and then i wouldn't say that like i like white guys i would not say that (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah exactly i feel like i know what you mean like i always just date people because like i don't care about why would i give a shit what people think but i also you know make a lot of jokes about the asian woman white guy couples because i think there's something funny about that too yeah and also that's my parents, you know, and I think that mm-hmm. there's a lot to explore there in terms of like material and some deep thoughts that I have about it. And it's and but that's also a conversation that gets really sketchy because then you it starts to like place value on people for like, do you know what I mean? Like physical attractiveness and uh, financial success and things like that, which mm-hmm. I deeply don't believe in. But but yeah. then there's like this like overall statistical thing that I feel like people have to look at where it's like, you yeah, know, where what are the flows? I mean, I think the other thing with that that I run into is like just recognizing that the world people's values do not align with mine. Yeah. So like my impression of that is like no one would do that. But there are people who make their judgments in like psychotic uh very cynical ways yeah around that and like that's the same thing with the fetishists like there are just like freaks out there who are you know what i mean like their They're sense of what they want else. out of a partner is like money or is status or is stuff like that like those people do exist and it's it's weirdly common and it's yeah. like so then i feel like oh we like we should have a conversation about this as like a society but it's like that's not what i'm doing you know it's like those guys on like tiktok i don't know if you ever see those videos those podcast bros that are like all oh, women just want your money and they just want to stay mm-hmm. home and have you pay for everything and they're just gold diggers and i'm like i don't know anybody i don't know any woman that goes on a date and expects to just get like free food yeah. i just i know those women exist but like, yeah, I, I don't I, personally know them. Yeah, I see them on the internet. I've yeah. never met one in real life. Me neither. And that's like, but that's what I think. I think there's like the those guys and those women like just attract dog each fight each other on the internet and yeah. are attracted to each other because what both of them have in common is they are both so bought in to this gender ideology of what a relationship is supposed to be and the ideology is like fucked up and so then when their partner doesn't behave in the way then they get mad at each other yeah but it's like they would both be happier if they were just like normal humans looking for a normal human for a real relationship but they're looking for quote unquote man and quote unquote woman to like be these little additives to their life that they're trying to structure around these like cultural gender norms yeah they're looking for a transactional relationship 
mm-hmm. these men are shocked when the, the only women that want to date them are also women that are looking for a transactional, transactional relationship. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like if you were actually looking for like uh, just a real relate. Like I was like, dude, if you guys always make these podcast episodes about these like gold digger women and hoes or whatever, it's like I. Every one of my friends, none of my friends are like that. Why don't you date one of my, why don't you look for the millions of women in this world who don't do that? But you, you're like looking for those women because that's how you understand relationships, you know? Yeah. Because I think those people are like so incapable of like emotional vulnerability that all they're willing to bring to a relationship is being fit and money. And so that's like you're saying the only people who would be attracted to that are people looking for a fit guy with money and so like if you can't open up and be a deeper person you're not gonna have a deep relationship it's that that eludes them that thought eludes them i don't know why and it's like i was like and it's like yeah of course no one's gonna want to no woman's gonna want to date you you hate women you talk about how they're stupid all the time like yeah who who would date yeah. you somebody looking for money like what yeah yeah because yeah because you are not fun to be around in any way right well, yeah, yeah well, it's like come on what's not clicking but um yeah that's like so interesting but then i also feel like that you know back to the asian woman well this is like what i was gonna talk about that's sad i you know i make these jokes and they're meant to be like jokes mocking like the systemic issue surrounding Asian women, a specific type of Asian woman that dates a specific type of white man. And it's not like about any particular Asian woman to white man. But it's like every time I make a joke about this, I hurt somebody's feelings so bad. And it's such a like landmine that I can't like, I feel like I can't talk about it anymore. And it's just like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's funny. It's funny that there's a bunch of Asian women out there that are very attractive and they're lawyers or whatever. And then they're just dating like some unemployed guy named Brandon. That's funny. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, that's what I'm making a joke. Of. I'm not saying like, and you know, to be honest, there's a lot of internalized racism there. Like, why do you think as a doctor, you're like a fucking dermatologist, you have to date this guy you know like like that that that, that's like something worth like talking about and it's like and it's just like it's so hard because i like i don't want to hurt asian people but i'm just like i also the fucked up shit is you know because i was doing that podcast feeling asian which is like coming Uh to an end but like i was doing it for so long i got so many dms i remember we did an episode about divorce I got so many TMs from Asian women that were married to white guys about like how horrible th- these white men treat them. And they're like, I think it's like racially motivated. Like he really thinks I'm like subservient. Like there's always like for a lot of these white men, I'm not, I don't want to generalize. Yeah. There is this like very deeply rooted racism that they, and then they, that lens, they use it to view their wives. Yeah. And like, these women would, t- you know, obviously white men also treat white women horribly. You know, I'm not I'm not mm-hmm. saying it's only Asian women, but there is an added level of something there like subconsciously yeah. that pl- that goes into play. And I like people would just like, God, they're like these people telling me, you know, and there were like all these horrible stories of them going to their white spouses, uh, family's house and their white families treating them like shit. And I was like why are you putting up with this? Like who told you that you as an Asian woman has to put up with this? And this is like what I'm trying to like approach when I make jokes about it. I'm not trying to hurt Mm -hmm. these women's feelings, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like probably, yeah, it's like complicated because there's the people who are just like have so much, 
pain around their relationship or their parents' relationship being invalidated, mm. that, like, that is painful. But yeah. I think, like, what you're talking about, there's also, like, a very valid thing to look at because I feel – I know I've felt it in this very, like, masochistic way of, like – I don't know. I grew up around a lot of like white, like rural to fratty people. Mm -hmm. And I think there is something about like the getting validation from that person feels like something, even if you hate them. And like, even in broadly with men either, even if like a man, like you think he's really sexist and he's gross, there's something, it's very twisted, but there's something about being appreciated by someone who is so shallow and like, thinking in that way because it means that you have reached the I think it in my mind I think it's like you've reached the mainstream level of acceptability you know Mm -hmm. what I mean yeah this is not a deep person they only want what is socially acceptable and if they want you Mm -hmm. then you are somehow like not weird I don't know for me like I don't know there's just definitely people there's definitely men that's like you're gross you're offensive you are trying to be black in an extremely weird way but i still want you to like me yes. you know what i mean yeah. and then i think there's something twisted too where if like you constantly feel unattractive for being like a woman of color yeah that like when someone's there's like a certain level of like subtle fetishization it's like hard to work out like i want you to like everything about me including my race but when does it become weird you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, what is, I want to be appreciated as a black woman, but not in a fetishistic way. But like, how do you, you know what I yeah. mean? I feel like for a lot of people that are in relationships with white men, there's a level of them maybe internalizing. Maybe this is just a lot of projection, but it's like, it almost feels like, oh, I'm not a white woman, so I'm not pretty, but I'm pretty enough that this person can look past my race or something. Yeah, or something like that, that. too. Yeah. um, uh, Also, the other part of this, which makes it fucking so fucking hard to talk about. And I think I think flat out, I'm going to say this. I feel like most, if not all Asian women in these circumstances that are unhealthy circumstances. I know there's great white guy Asian women couples out there. I'm not talking (laughs) about you. So if if, if this is not about you, don't get mad. The unhealthy ones, I think. I think all of them are victims and I don't, you know, like you were talking about the internet groups, there's a huge groups of men online, Asian men that attack these Asian women and, and they're all just misogynists, you know, they're not like, they don't care about the Asian women. They're just mad that they don't get to fuck them. Do you know what I mean? They think of them as objects. And so there's this huge like movement online with these Asian men, like fucking harassing the shit out of these fucking poor women that are going Mm -hmm. home for Christmas and their mother-in-law calls them a ching chong. And it's like, well, they're getting it from all sides. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm I'm not joking. Somebody sent me a DM like that and she's like, what do I do? And I was like, (laughs) and then they burn down the house. (laughs) Yeah. Burn down the fucking house. I told her to leave. There's this racial, sexual, hierarchical game being played all the time and everyone is trying to feel there's like it's so complicated because there's like everyone's individual psychology and then there is like the racial gender structures of the country yeah and like you are trying to find individual happiness while also operating in this like 
like the psycho dungeons and dragons world of it and so it is like yeah it's like unavoid it's like very hard to work out like what is you and what is the influences of your culture that are telling you whether you're successful or not and i feel like with the asian men too they probably feel invalidated sexually by our culture yeah and so then like these women that they think so it's like if asian women like if women of color constantly feel like they're not beautiful for not being white like men feel that also Mm -hmm. but then it's like so if you take these women then how do then i don't have the women to feel good around and so it's like everyone is using everyone else for validation in these like crazy ways and then and then where do we fit in as biracials you know like where where do you want us to go I think it's in a very weird spot because I feel like yeah. there's also this thing of being like fetishized a lot yeah. in all directions as like either the gateway drug to <laughs> dark people or as like a kind of weird prize, like Ugh. white adjacent prize. And like, so that's always weird to navigate to me of like, yeah, that feels really uncomfortable. Um, yeah. Oh, God. It's just yeah. such a, it's a mess. But that's hard. It's probably very hard also, I imagine, to, like, have to counsel strangers on, like, their horrible, like, their fucked up situations, like. Yeah. Do you want to hear something funny about all this, though? I have to say. Yeah. Um, so, it, you know, Asian men, if you're an Asian man and you're, like, my age, even a little bit younger, it's it's only been very recently that they have start started to be seen as people that are sexually viable in this culture, if we're going to be honest, mm-hmm. you know, because of pop the changes in pop culture now. But... But um, it's so funny because they do have like this sort of pop cultural relevancy now and they are seen as sexual and they're very they're gaining popularity or whatever in America. But they're all literally the worst fuck boys ever. Like I'm trying yeah. so hard, like every single fucking Asian guy that I've been like and I've you know, I've been doing the field research. I've been, you know, out here on the streets and every single one of them is just treats me so bad. And then I've been uh-huh. talking to my Asian friends. And it's like, yeah, if an Asian guy is like remotely attractive, he is like, and then they're like, I feel like there's this whole movement of like Asian fuck boys now that they're right. like proud of it. Take it back. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck, yeah. yeah. fuck these bitches, you know? And they're yeah. all like out here, like trying to get like white women. And I'm like, good for you, bro. Good yeah. for you. Um, but it's kind of funny and then it'll be like it'll be like I'm trying to like date this Asian guy and he treats me like shit and then there's this like 6'3 like football player white guy that has his like own fucking business and he's like yeah. you know like he's trying to be my husband and I'm like no yeah. I'm trying to date the fucking yeah I'm trying, trying to, date to the do fucking... something for the cause yeah. I have to be... <laughs> get away get away get Derek away. Yeah. I'm trying to date the SoundCloud rapper <laughs> yeah. with the fucking Korean flag tattooed on his chest. Leave me alone, Derek, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's I think funny. that's the hard so thing. Funny. Like, you ever be, like, nice to a nerdy kid at school and then yeah. they turn around and be an asshole and you're just, like... You know what I mean? Not the equivalent, not that, like, the Asian guys are nerdy, but just, like, yeah. that, like you try and do what is opposite of what culture tells you to. And then that person is just a dick. (laughs) That's like a really funny analogy. They are like, they're all, they are like the nerds that had like a huge glow up and now they're yeah. so it's like tech bros, you know, now they're mm-hmm. billionaires, yes. but they used to be nerdy and now they're so cruel to women and, yeah. and they're Asian. Oh my God. No, most toxic. Yeah. You have to just like, 
It's like, uh, I think the older I get, the more it's like life is a minefield and you just have to constantly be assessing people on an individual basis and like, yeah, just figure out what works. Um, no, it's so it's so funny, but, though, that like that uh, example I gave you of like just the, just the nicest, goofiest, like white guy you've ever seen. He's like texting me and calling me and I'm like, go away. Yeah, I'm trying. Try- I'm trying to date Jin Seok over here. Jin Seok, who's left me on red for three weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. Definitely. Anyway, that's my weird. It's not even a sad story, I guess. I, I mean, it's just, it's just. Well, you know, why I wanted to say because I, I tweeted this thing and I felt really mean, but then I was trying to appease the Asians, and then it just got worse because I tweeted. I can't stop Asian women from dating ugly white guys, but they can't stop me from sending his pic to the group chat with a barf emoji. I, yeah, yeah. But and I felt bad because I know some people are going to feel hurt about that. But then I just wrote, like, after I just made this meme where I was, like, making jokes about Asian women fucking white guys and then three Let's hours later it. sucking white dick. <laughs> it's like, yeah, listen, yeah, yeah, girls, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm there. I'm yeah. there in the trenches with you. I'm making right, fun of exactly. myself. My I'm, own thing. Yeah. And now yeah. the Asian men are sending me, like, hate DMs. Immediately oh, it started right. happening. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> you know, that is life. I feel I feel that so often of, like, I got on Twitter and then I felt mean. Like, it just brings that out of you. Like, I feel like I'm constantly, like, firing off my thoughts. Um <laughs> I saw one I deleted. It was like, uh, we have to have, we have to stop down white boys until we figure out what's going on. I love that. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's a similar thing where it's like, yeah, I think it's just like hard on Twitter to have any nuanced thought where it's like, clearly I know there are white people who like are, have either grown up in or just very neutral or comfortable with people of color. But then there's also like a type of guy who is so not that. Yes. You know what I mean? There's yeah. like Paul Wall. And I tweeted one more time. I was like, you're not Paul Wall. That's all I tweeted. No one knows what I'm talking about or thinking, but it's just like, you know what I mean? Some people who are very much not Paul Wall and yeah. they're out here causing chaos. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, it's such a big, yeah, it's, oh God, the whole thing is scary and weird. But I think the, the important takeaway is none of it's real and it's all made real. up. Yeah. So when I make jokes about white guys, I just mean every everyone is a white guy because race is a every, social Everyone is a white gender. guy. My sad story, I feel like, also is like tied into everything we've been talking about. Oh, good. Um, when I was in high school, I was in band. I was in like all the bands. And um, there was a kid who was a football player but also uh, played tuba. And he was like super, super popular. Uh, one time the school had an event where it's like they had to pretend two kids died and then they were ghosts all day, like in makeup. <laughs> and they would walk around and like they picked him and like the vice principal was like openly weeping about the idea of him dying. And it was really funny because he had a twin who nobody liked. Like they did all the same things and were both trying to be popular, but it would be like everyone loves the brother and no one likes the sister. That's amazing. Um, but anyways, he was in band. He's like a big white guy and played the tuba and I played the saxophone. And I just kind of had this like crush on him, mm-hmm. started getting this crush on him. I thought it was cool. Like, oh, he does both. He can do both. Um, and I remember like you play the saxophone a lot. It like makes your 
mouth really tingly, like your lips get really tingly. And I remember practicing at home and like thinking about kissing him, you know Mm. what I mean? It was like this very like, I don't know, something about like my lips being tingly and like looking in the mirror and thinking about him and blah, blah, blah. Um, But then one day we were like in the band room and there's like a whole room where you put away the instruments and we're like putting away our instruments. And for some reason, everyone else was gone and it was just the two of us. Um, and so I'm like putting my saxophone away in my little spot and it's like near the ground. So I'm down there and then he came over and just kind of like stood over me and I felt like immediately kind of like weird. And then he was like, do you want to kiss me? And I was like, uh, no, because it felt off. Yeah. And then he was like, I bet you do. And I was like, ah, I feel really like no it's weird and then he just kind of kept standing there and doing that and then eventually like I left I felt really uncomfortable um Mm. and then we had this like concert and we're all standing in the hallway or something I went and then he was with this group of guys and they were all kind of laughing or whatever um and then later this kid Adrian who also played tuba and was like a little tiny guy but he came over and he said that that kid had told everyone that I have Jar Jar Binks lips um, and oh it was very, God. like, upsetting. Yeah, it was, like, really, really upsetting because um, it felt very racialized. Yeah. And it 100%. also felt, yeah, it felt weird after, like, kind of rejecting him that then his, like, response was to, like, kind of publicly humiliate me in that way. Yeah. And then after, like, also, like, having had this, like, crush on him, it just felt very um, confusing, yeah, and upsetting. Wow. Yeah. This is such a, like, I mean, I'm sure, have you, like, thought about this event a lot as an adult, or is this something that you just sort of, like... I mean, I've thought about it, like, it feels... like I've thought about it briefly it doesn't feel so like jarring to remember like it doesn't make me overly emotional but it feels like very deeply sad to me in this feeling of like I didn't date a lot of people and stuff but just feeling kind of like not wanted and like having this kind of like feeling awkward about like relationships and stuff and I think yeah as an adult looking back I think there was a lot more like racially weird stuff happening than I could acknowledge as a kid. And yeah. that makes me sad. Um, I dated this other guy and he was a white guy at school and he told me he went to like the computer lab and uh, one of the other students was like, you know, she's black, right? As if like, why would like, wow. what are you doing? Like, you know what I mean? So it's a very weird, it didn't like, feel openly hostile at school but like the idea that there's this cloud of kind of like yeah odd racial <laughs> no, that's really stuff happening especially around like sex and relationships of kind of being like yeah. a non-option well yeah. yeah i mean okay so i think hearing the reason why i asked if you've thought about it a lot as an adult because now you know as an adult hearing that story it's just very clear what to me this is like what happened was like you both probably had like some attraction to each other which both of you sort of recognized as 
you know, teenage teenagers or children, essentially. And that's all that's very confusing. Number one. Number two, you know, that moment where he stood above you. That's that was his reaction to his attraction to you. But he was too young and all these weird male messages like were taught to him that he couldn't communicate that in a way that was successful to you. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and so then he responded by being like dominating and scary and sort of like abusive, um, which of course you responded to that because even though you did feel an attraction to him, that's like, that's scary and weird, you know, like you don't yeah. want to be forced to kiss somebody. And so you rejected him, but obviously there was like some sort of chemical, like chemistry between you. And so that was probably confusing for you and then him in that moment. And then he responded to that miscommunication, which was caused by him not knowing how to approach you by publicly humiliating you because he felt rejected. And then the way that he did that was being racist you know so it's like all these like uh like immature young people emotions and then displayed through these like really problematic like societal norms like you know like masculine aggressiveness and racism and it's like everything jumbled up into one you know yeah feels like how we were talking about there's like the individual your individual feelings that are so complicated and then like these bigger systemic things that overlay it all that like make it even more that are being taught to children and like him as like a white man that's like powerful and popular and somebody that obviously understands like that he has power in that society even as a young person um the lessons that he was being taught like how he was supposed to treat girls and women and people that are of a different race are like very there's just so apparent in his behavior you know very yeah. abusive of behavior um which is fucked up yeah and also i want to just note that you are extremely attractive <laughs> and i'm just gonna say this you know i know people say this about biracial people but like you're extremely attractive and and I think this has something to do with the features that are like racialized, you know, like there's like, you know, of having like um, fuller lips, which are actually very attractive on any human being, but it Uh just so happens that white people don't have them. And he probably found that attractive on you. But if you're a person of color, they're weaponized against you. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's like, I think it's it's not, I know beauty is subjective, but like, I think most people can be like, you have beautiful lips. Fuller lips are mm-hmm. more attractive. This country spends billions on lip filler every year. Yeah. We all know I mean, that. That's crazy. Yeah. And it's like, there's a gel, I think there's a jealousy there among white people who like see another race having something that's like seen as better than them, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting that that, standard of beauty that you have was weaponized you know in this like racial way yeah definitely like the feeling of like being different is being bad you know what i mean of like curly hair or yeah big lips or whatever of like it's or even like tanner skin it's like it's good but it's not good when it's on you 
because it's not, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it on you. It's like a sign that you are like other and different, even if like, I don't know. It's so weird. I remember, you know, the, the Azalea Banks 212 video, they have no. these like big close-ups of her lips. Uh-huh. And I remember like I was with some people, we were watching the video and this one kid was just talking about how disgusting her lips were. And it just felt so uncomfortable and very, like, Ugh. motivated from this weird. It's, like, all these, like, very, like, small but, like, ever-present racial things around sexuality. I think that made it very hard growing up to, like, kind of understand what was going on, you know? Yeah, that's really fat. And I feel like, um, you know, I'm like talking about like the bigger picture stuff, but I think it's very interesting what you're saying, like what that meant for you, like that feeling of like, oh, this thing about me being different makes me like not viable as a sexual partner. Yeah, like I'm a non, it's not that like even so much of like, I'm not attractive or something, but I'm like in this other category of like non option. Like I'm like sexually inert in this weird way Yeah, where it's like, you can't even tell, you tell people are attracted to you, but there's like a social limit around you. That's like hard to interpret of like, is it my body? Is it my personality? Like what's going on? And really it's just like, a social wall of like what is ex- like acceptable yeah. and not acceptable. And it's that same thing. Like we were talking about with marginality of like, then you end up with, sometimes I feel like I've ended up with partners who are more interested in marginality or the fact that I am oh, this interesting is like a taboo. And that is like exciting to them. Or those are the only people who are, more open to being with me and um that's fascinating yeah and that kind of color codes like how i interpret relationships of like there's an element of like us against the world because that's what it felt like a little bit with my parents relationship and that's what it feels like sometimes when i have to like meet partners families and stuff and it's like very hostile and like it's almost like a trauma bonding of like you know, you end up staying in a relationship that you maybe shouldn't because you feel like it's being unfairly attacked by people. And so in response to that, you hunker down, even though there are also legitimate separate issues. That's you know? so interesting. You like saying that made me realize that I very much feel that way in relationships. It's either it's me and some other fucking freak being freaks and fuck mm-hmm. all of you. Or like the other example I was giving you, like every once in a while, I'll like talk to somebody or have like a not I've never had like a very serious relationship like this. But like I'll like I think it's because I don't want to be in relationships like this. But if I will date like a very normie person, it feels very much like I'm a freak and look at my normie boyfriend like i'm gonna freak people out and then i'm like i never get that deep into those relationships with those people because i'm like there's no way i'm gonna go meet your fucking parents bro you know or like you know like you 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 like you went to college like i you know like why don't you yeah 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 it's like Um, you don't want to be the freak you know and in a person like i feel like when i was in high school my friend group that's what i slowly realized 
kind of in hindsight, it's like, yeah. I was the freak and I felt like the freak and that, you know what I mean? And yeah. like, it's not a good position to be in. And, but it's also not good. I've also experienced being the freak with freaks and that's not good either. Or like, mm-hmm. that's what I've learned most recently is like, I don't want to be around people who are rejecting stuff just to reject it. Cause then yeah. you just get into also other like pools of, stuff where it's like people who don't respect rules they're also not going to respect you you know what i mean they don't respect yeah. anything like and so you don't want to be in that either and i think it's like you really have to do the hard work of deciding that you're not a freak and you're valid and then yeah. be with someone who like also thinks you're like you don't want to be with another self-hating freaky person you want to be with yeah you want to yeah. accept yourself and then find someone else who accepts themselves and like have things be nice <laughs> yeah yeah oh it's wow that like i that's so weird i always feel like i feel like they get freaky deekies which is fine for me i'm okay with that um yeah we i also want to say i just i just feel like i want to i know i already said this but i kind of just want to say this because i feel like people don't say this enough i think white supremacy is so fascinating because they will see I like I always thought like when I was young you know I grew up in Korea and so I didn't know that like in America like people made fun of like black people for having full lips because I just thought well everybody wants full lips so if I saw like a black woman with like beautiful lips I'd be like everyone's just looking at her like wow she's so lucky and Mm -hmm. I think after I moved this I mean I moved here like 20 years ago no almost 20 years ago now but like it was like I was an adult, you know, when I moved here and I was like, it came as a shock to me that like white supremacy creates a curtain in front of white people's eyes that they will look at a woman like like, for example, like you. I know I'm, it's making you uncomfortable, but like you're so attractive. You're like object. I, mean, I know it's like not objective, but like you're attractive, like you're so attractive. And like what you said, that there's a there's like a a wall that says this is not someone that I can have sex with. You know what I mean? And, and most white people have this. They're not, they probably won't admit it, but most of them are like, they will probably meet you, you know, or me or whatever, another non-white person and be like, Oh, I can see this person's attractive, but like there's a wall, like keeping them from being attracted to them. And that, I think that's really interesting. Yeah. And I think what I was trying to explain earlier is like, I think sometimes in like a unhealthy masochistic way, when I see that someone is seeing that wall, it makes you want to overcome it Mm -hmm. because it'll prove something about you. And then you're chasing people who are not good, who you shouldn't want to be with that. You don't want to be with just to prove that like, like your humanity in a certain way, but it's like a dehumanized mess. You know, my reaction to that is whenever I see, like a like a normie person i'm like there's no way you want to fuck me so i know it's not gonna like you have no pa- like you know how women will be like oh my god there's like a hot like guy like at the bar and it'll it'll look like whatever like a young brad pitt or whatever right mm. who, who cares I, like they have no power over me because i'm in my head i'm like there's no way this guy wants to fuck me so i'm just yeah. like hey what's up what's up Brett? Yeah. you know like that bro yeah and, and then every once in a while they will like flirt with me and i'm like don't get away okay yeah 
I'm waiting for Chin Sok and his SoundCloud cl- rapper <laughs> career SoundCloud. to about, take off. He's going to perform to the 10 people in this bar soon. <laughs> Go away. My yeah. boyfriend is coming and he's going to ignore me and leave me on red. He's Korean. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and the, it's really interesting when they like, yeah. But my reaction has to be like, never even like talk to them. I'm like, ew, go away. Mm. You know? Yeah. I think it, I think it affected me by just feeling kind of like, it like shows up in a lot of like, into a lot of like gender stuff of like, I feel very, um, non like missing some part of like the woman experience of like seeing yourself as a sex object and it's like a double-edged mm. sword where it's like probably it helps me in some ways where i do feel like i can just like talk to people more directly in certain ways and don't feel intimidated and don't seek as much validation mm-hmm. from men sometimes but at the other side like it's very hard for me to kind of engage in like a flirty or romantic way because it doesn't feel like an option all the time or like it feels very unpracticed or something so there's a way in which it makes me feel like not feminine or something but then also like free from like that too it's really weird i'm really like i'm really relating to you because i'm also like i think they're like it does show up in me that I'm like, I have somehow like internalized that I am not sexually viable. So I'm bad at flirting and I just don't yeah. flirt. And I'm like, well, the idea that you're not like, why would I try to seduce somebody that's not going to end well? Like, yeah, that's insane. You know what I mean? Like it's it not strategically not makes sense, you know? Yeah. And in that mm. way, I think it's been helpful for me to like use like dating apps. Cause if I meet somebody, I'm like, this person is attracted to me. You know, yeah, yeah. They it's already like pre locked in that they are attracted to you. Yeah, you but know. I, in the wild, I'd be like, "There's nobody in here. That's just no one in here is looking at me." Like that's right. how I feel. Yeah, yeah, that's how I feel too. Yeah. Um. Wow, so interesting. But, what a sad. That is like really sad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that happened to you. What? What's his at? Drop his ad. Everyone yeah, go no, harass him. I have him. no idea. I haven't seen him in years, so it's totally okay after we record you're gonna tell me his name and i'm gonna like stalk him yeah 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 i'm going to i'm gonna look i want i'm curious and his twin i hope she's having a great life (laughs) no she sucked also they were bad yeah she's the nerd that got hotter later on and then now she's like the korean fuck boy yeah she yeah maybe yeah (laughs) i hope i don't know i could see them on some kind of like real housewives ask like you know how like i'm from atlanta like outside atlanta and mm-hmm. i feel like that's where they just make reality tv people now because the culture is so fucked up that like mm-hmm. it's perfect everyone is like very messy but wants to be married at like 22 so they mm-hmm. do all the like love is blind there and <gasps> blah 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 and i could just yeah. see them being on something like that I have to say that I think your story is extremely traumatizing and I hope that it's like <laughs> I hope that you realize that it's like straight up like think about like you as a little kid like a teenage you know I see teenagers as children and yeah. you as a kid on your shoulders you're bearing not only your emotions as a child that are confusing you know these feelings of sexual attract 
attraction that are very new at that age and how to how to be around people and how to like move in your body and those are like all kids have to go through that but then on top of that you're on your shoulders were all these like systemic issues that like the adults of our society have failed to like address and fix for our children and so now on top of all those child feelings you have the added pressure of like this misogynistic culture where men are taught to like be aggressive toward women and like ugh, like get sex when they want it you know and, and like the racialized like hierarchy of like white people and like biracial people and like black people in this country and all of that on top of like a little kid's like shoulders that's like fucking trauma you know yeah it's weird it's also interesting to me like when people bring it up because it's like i was legitimately really liked him and yet yeah. it was still uncomfortable and i always think about that when guys are like oh well when a hot guy does it it's fine and it's like no it's not like fine. it's not it's not fine to be creepy no matter how hot you are if anyone takes anything away from this <laughs> does not Please. matter you can't there's no level of hotness that'll make you not creepy like, yeah, even if you like that guy and he is hot, if he's standing over you trying to force you to do something with your body, all of the all of the horniness flies yeah. out the window, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just about consent. That's what we keep saying. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. yeah so. Um I mean, if anything, I think people when those situations happen, like obviously I'm really glad that nothing happened like in terms of like actual, you know, like physical yeah. i mean that is like assault but you know physical it didn't turn physical i think it, if anything people in those situations feel more scared to like report it or name it like that because they're like well you know I, he is hot and i was attracted to him do you know what i mean so mm -hmm. um, yeah definitely like there's like other whatever other sexual assaults i've experienced and stuff it always feels very difficult because they're in these like non-CSI like you know what I mean and yeah. so it feels so much like it's always judged by like whether it's a crime and not by whether like you were uncomfortable you know what I mean yeah so it's like if someone is doing like it's nice to hear someone validate that like that was not comfortable because it's like I was really uncomfortable and I think that should be wrong but, like, unless it raises to a level of, like, criminality, like, I'm not Physical allowed to violence. be upset by it. Yeah, exactly. I mean... And it's sort of like, shouldn't we just make it... Shouldn't it just be wider where you shouldn't be making people uncomfortable, but that everyone acts as if, like, they can't... I feel like, people, like, you know, men on the internet will act as if there's no way for them to know if they're making someone uncomfortable. I, I You know what that. I mean? It's so dumb. It's yeah. like... If you took gender, how could I tell? Yeah. yeah. If you took, if you, or if you like made it, I always try to like explain the things in like a playground analogy. If you saw two kids, take gender out of it if it's easier for you to process. Two boys. One boy is like pinning another boy down or cornering another boy, like hovering or over him. Look at that. What's going on? Yeah, like, can you yeah. not see that with your eyes? Like, what's going right. on there? You know? Or he keeps like talking to him, the other one's moving away, and he keeps talking to the other one's moving. You said, like, that one doesn't want to talk to that one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but I think it's like you just let what you want override the signals that you're getting. Yep. Because that's what you want. And instead of acknowledging that, you pretend that there was like no way for you to know 
Come that on. it was uncomfortable. And then it's they on know. the other part. And then I feel like, too, they do it so much that then you have to be mean and then they get mad at you for being mean. You know yeah. what I mean? But it's like you won't take the hint. You won't take the hint. You won't take the hint. So then when I am really clear with you, then you act as if, like, I'm being a huge bitch and this is why you're afraid and you'll yeah. get rejected. And it's like there's no way to win. Yeah. Exactly. But we all we can all see it with our eyes. It's like and you know, you're talking about the feeling of discomfort. We are like basic I like you know, like we're just basically like animals. Like we you know, we're like whatever, think about it like dogs maybe or something. You know, like when you see like a dog being scared, like we're trying to follow our natural body's instinct to keep us alive. So if you're feeling scared and uncomfortable, something bad is happening to you, whether people they're gonna admit it or not, you know. Right. Yeah. It's so I guess hard. it's like you're constantly taught to ignore reality that you don't feel fine yes. because the other person feels fine with it. And that's a very like that shows up interpersonally, I think, of people of all genders. But I think, you know, a lot with women generally of like. that. I guess that's what I was kind of getting at is it's never like they don't focus on like the victim's comfort. They focus on like whether what the other person did was legitimately egregious and it's like can't we just focus on the other person's like even if you know even if it's like not something openly weird but they're just saying i don't like it that should be the limit you know yeah it doesn't matter the content if it's like they're talking about spinach if this other person's like this is making me uncomfortable even though it's not wrong to talk about spinach like this person doesn't want it you know what i mean and that should be the barometer for you to like stop it's just biology it's just our bodies like doing what they're supposed to do but yeah we're so i think our societies are so out of touch with that plus i feel like there's one other thing where i I think i'm just remembering like being a young teenager and like you know having crushes on boys and they would always act so weird and you're like you're ruining it you're ruining everything (laughs) um but you know they're like taught these lessons that are just like really pathological you know especially nowadays with like porn like the porn industry and like they're watching you know like 11 year old boys are watching porn where there's like a man slapping a woman's tits around like you know now he thinks that that's what he's supposed to do if he likes you know and so yeah there's a lot going on there but i'm sorry that you felt that way that's a horrible story and i think it's an important story to share because i feel like i know so many people of that are not white that have these Oh, I ha- I have a lot of friends that have these very similar stories where they were basically sexually harassed and assaulted by their white male bullies. I have I have another friend mm-hmm. that's told me all about like in middle school she was basically harassed by this popular white boy because she was the one like other raised person and he would it started off bullying and then it turned into like physical sexual assault. And you yeah. know, they both had this internalized, they already knew that she couldn't do anything about it. And it very mm-hmm. much had to do with her race. So I think it happens yeah. way more than people admit. And it's traumatizing. Mm-hmm. I think it's also the weird, like, allure and, like, taboo of the other. Like, people are threatened by the other. So you, like, bully and demean. Yeah. But then it's also, like, different and novel. So there's something, like, attractive about it. And it's this weird double thing. It's where we live as biracial people, yeah. I feel like. the In the yeah. middle of all that. Oh, I, I think that this is, like, actually, this is, like, I'm just going to say this. I mean, we're running out of time. But, like, 
This well, is, I think, a huge topic among bullying that people don't really talk about. For a lot of people who were bullied in school, it involved like sexual assault. And people yeah. like, you know, you see it in movies and it's always like big, bo- big kid punches little boy and little boy grows up to be like Quentin Tarantino or whatever. But like, it's like a lot of times it's girls and a lot of times it goes into like sexual assault, you know? Yeah. But people would never see that dynamic or it's a very rare dynamic. I think that's discussed weirdly. Yeah. It's common. Yeah, it is weird. The like the motivations of bullying and why, because it is a weird thing. I think like, how are you going to spend your time? Why are you going to spend your time bullying someone? Like what is under that? And then like, I'm sure there could be like a number of factors, but it's probably usually difference, deviance, repressed attraction you know what i mean like yeah these these people are noticing something in this person that is like activate triggering them in some way because bullying is different from like just preying on someone for like money or blah 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 blah. like you have a social you're socially motivated to like punish and humiliate this person for some reason and that feels like probably gets psychosexual like very quickly (laughs) Yes. That's so interesting. I wonder why people don't talk about that. I feel like, do you ever hear about, like, when you hear about, like, the bullying topic, You, I feel like you never really hear about, like, the the sexual it's aspect just, of like, it. It's probably just, like, difficult common. for people to talk about, like, sexual elements in, like, child children, yeah, generally. Because yeah. it's, yeah. like, bullying. Typically, we only think of bullying for, like, children, even though it does happen with adults. So I think like people don't necessarily want to acknowledge that that's what's going on with their kids or in like something that dark and like kind of fucked up is going on with their kids. And then also they don't want to acknowledge like all the weird systemic stuff that they're putting on their kids that is like causing that. It's basically yeah, like yeah. if, uh, if you take the people with the least brain power intact and let them act out the rules of our culture, we mm-hmm. realize that it's really fucked up and we don't yeah. want to deal with that. So we just say kids are mean. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, what a great conversation. I mean, great is a weird word to use there, but like what a, what an interesting, fascinating, fascinating conversation. I think that everything you brought up was so important and interesting. We didn't cry or laugh. We laughed a little. (laughs) We laughed. We laughed a lot. I almost Um, cried. Yeah. So you, you, you get to go walk away without, a hairy butthole today but maybe next time um well thank you so much for joining me and um thank you so much for being so candid i know that's like those things are really difficult to talk about yeah thanks for having me of course and where can our listeners find you on social media um i'm at wk watson on instagram and at videotapes on twitter where i'm mean um, and that's where you can find me. And then if you want to ever come to the experimental video show I run, that's at club video show on Instagram. Awesome. And you can find me on social media at YM mayor, and you can follow the podcast at Harry butthole podcast on Instagram. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. Bye.